Johnny, do you want to go to an ice cream social? Yeah, I'd love to. Great, let's go. Welcome to another fine, fun-filled episode of the Ice Cream Social. Sitting across from me, that's Paul Mattingly. Across from me, it's Mr. Matt Donnelly. How's it going, Paul? I'm good. Welcome back to our frigid studio. It feels nice. It is. It's beautiful. such a hot, hot day. It's it's one of those people are going insane from the hot days in uh, Vegas. <laughs> I was coming I actually... in, and it just went, these, these, this, this guy... This lady was pulling up, stopping at the crosswalk. Yeah. Right. As we're all crossing. And this one guy kind of put his hand up, kind of like, whoa, whoa. Because mm-hmm. she was going a little fast as she stopped, but she did not even stop in the intersection. But the most heated exchange between the two of them. <laughs> I wasn't going to hit you, motherfucker. Oh, Just keep man. walking. Shut up, bitch. I don't, you know? Holy <laughs> and, shit. And this went. All the way past the door of the entrance to the Inspire. Oh, it just kept going. They kept yelling at a distance of at least 40 feet, yelling at each other. Fuck you, bitch. Shut up, you cracker ass shit. You don't know. It was crazy. Crazy. That is People nuts. are on edge. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're just hung over from EDC. That's what I that think. <laughs> Neither one of these struck me immediately as an edc <laughs> Not saying they couldn't. They weren't wearing neon sunglasses and <laughs> their body paint on. I, uh, I, you know, like I last year I ended up having to go to L.A. or I thought I was going to go to L.A. on the Monday after EDC and uh, traffic and the uh, amount of hungover terrible drivers. Like there was, I saw literally um, like four car accidents on the way out there. I kept hitting patches of traffic, and I also was cut off. Uh, four times to the point of slamming my brakes uh, three times by people with dumbass paint all over their car. Yeah. And this was last year. And so I literally just stopped and I and I told the, my friends that I was going to meet in Los Angeles. And I was like, I'm not coming. I'm turning around. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. No, I really was just like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to get in a car accident today. Yeah, it's, gonna it's not me, worth it. It's going to take me six hours instead of four. And it's and I'm and with me having to be heightened heightened awareness for idiots and i just turned around so then on my way back here on uh wednesday did we talk about this i don't remember i ran into all of a sudden i hit it like a patch of cars that all had like edc decorations all over their cars you hit them coming in yeah i was coming back to vegas from los angeles well, that's on a not wednesday. as bad hopefully correct yeah they, they're not as high yet mm-hmm. <laughs> certainly not as hungover saving their best acid but I, I have four cars swarming around me with a guy with a GoPro on a stick out the window filming the cars swerving in and out of the lanes that I'm in the middle of. And mm-hmm. I was like, I need to get away from these people as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And so I just pulled off the road, got myself a cup of coffee, got back on. Wasn't the driver with the GoPro, right? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, God. I don't know. But I did regularly see. Yeah, it's just, it's just you know, people just don't. It's 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 crazy. Well, you know, there's heedless youth and then yeah. there's heedless youth. Right. And this now in this day and age, if you're a heedless youth, you can be a really heedless youth. <laughs> the thing that the thing that yeah, I mean, the thing that bothers me is like, why do I? Why does EDC 
culture bother me. Like, I live in Las Vegas. This is not the only weekend that people come here to do drugs and get fucked up. Right. right? So, like, I mean, it is a city that just welcomes that with a red carpet. Mm-hmm. And, and and I have taken part of those, those red carpets from mm-hmm. time to time. So, like, I don't understand why it bugs me so much, but it does. For me, I love the music. Yeah. Not all of it. Right. A lot of electronic music oh, um, is but just shite. Tiesto's thumb drive is like the best thumb drive oh, I've boy. ever heard. Get out I mean, of here just with the your best. garbage, right? And but <laughs> I do love it. I do love it. But I'll tell you, for me, uh, part of the culture around it, the kind of hippy dippy. I'm not going to wash for three days. Shit, kind of. Yeah. That's like if you're in a Louis Vuitton and blow it out your mind. That's one thing. Yeah. If you're, you know, crazy, dreaded out, stinking. But they're both, right? I mean, a lot I of these guys are, are both. They're, they're Louis Vuitton unshowered dreads. There's, there's, there's plenty of trust funds. It's like Coachella or any of these things. These you know? drugs are expensive. Yeah, drugs well, are drugs are going pricey. to EDC is expensive. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So it's not like total hippie. It's not just hippie dippies. No, all kinds meet up. But I don't know. I, I, I'm not to make any kind of blanket statement about the culture by no. any means. No, I there's just I, stuff that happens to me. It's a particularly stressful weekend for me. Whatever I encounter tends to be very annoying. I had uh, I'd stayed away from it all. I saw a lot of stuff on the strip, lots of bare butts. Yeah, you definitely see some butts, and uh, uh, a lot of girls who don't like to wear bras. So that's enough. That's 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 fun for me. Mm-hmm. There's pluses. There, there's pluses there. Um, there's a post from a, f- a friend. I won't say his name because I want to read it verbatim <laughs> of what he said. <laughs> This is post EDC. This this person that you and I both know wrote. Uh, I learned a rough lesson this morning when I had to search for my car for three hours while trying to leave EDC. I made the terrible mistake of not making sure I knew where I was parked at a huge event. As I walked around exhausted, that's quote unquote exhausted, by the way, and uh, I was in awe of the situation I had created. The realization that I was too exhausted to walk in circles anymore and had to wait for the sunrise and many cars to leave before I could see. Uh, before I would see it, it came heavy. I don't know what that means. Um, I ended up taking a nap on top of a mobile light plant as the sun rose. <laughs> I'm just going to read that one again. I ended up taking a nap on top of a mobile light plant as the sun rose. Uh, the experience humbled me. We all need help sometimes. <laughs> when I finally, uh, and I finally. When I finally enough car had le- when finally enough cars had left to reveal my vehicle, the traffic was backed up for another couple of hours. So I drove around trying to help people find their cars in hopes they not suffer the same experience I had. Point being, we are all human. Help someone in need if you are able. It's the true expression of love. I've never come to such a warm, heartwarming catharsis after being hungover and being an idiot. I've never done that. <laughs> Well, see, that's where you. That's, that's where, where you I, split. Is, that's where your roads where I, diverge. This is why I've never enjoyed the EDC. See, this is the thing. If you come at it with the right attitude, <laughs> it all works out. I like that this person turned themselves into a hero for helping other hungover people find their car. That was really like, nice. Listen, if you want to help other people and find the true expression of love, that's not where it should start or end. Is <laughs> helping hungover people find their cars. They don't have one of those little people carts. <laughs> Not only that, but like I could list, you know, there's like three things I could do that's much better for humanity that I could walk out this door right now and yeah, make a right and do. Things. But but where you're at, <laughs> at least three, but where, at least three things. But where you're at in yeah. that moment, yeah, this is the best thing you can do. What better thing could he do in that parking lot than to help people find their car? <laughs> I guess true. I guess that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Unless he had like a stash of bananas. I mean, I don't know if anyone's... started giving people bananas. Yeah. Then I'd be like, man, you should just be giving people bananas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no, I'll just drive them around. I'll eat the bananas myself. No, 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 no. <laughs> Give the bananas away. But I'm really hungover. I, I could yeah, use yeah, the yeah, potassium. Yeah, everybody could. This is the thing. This is where it get, help everybody else. Okay. Bananas. I'll drive. I'll drive no, around. no, no. Give. Don't drive. Just walk okay. with bananas. What if I... What? If what? I, if I can like split, what? What if I give like one banana out, and then like one for me, and then like two bananas out, then like one two for me, <laughs> then three bananas out, then one two three for me. After you meet three people, you're gonna be full of bananas, <laughs> and then you're not gonna be able to help anybody because you're gonna have banana bloat, <laughs> which was the original name of the banana boat company. <laughs> banana bloat. Yeah, <laughs> and they changed it. Get on the boat brr, or not. Oh, I'm so God. bloated. Banana bloat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why I have that last one, man. Oof. I should have stopped at 14. But I didn't. <laughs> I'm going to write the Pope and tell what? him about what? our friend who helped <laughs> so many people find their cars. He'll be sainted. This is like loaves and fishes. Like at first, there's maybe only two people that needed to find their car. But then by the end, 40,000 people had found their cars because mm-hmm. of this man. Yep. And he uh, ended up tying a bunch of cardboard to the back and just dragging people along like a sled. <laughs> that night, Whoa, like man, that. stop here. It's my car. <laughs> hey, man, thanks so much. It's my car. Hey, thanks for the banana, man. Yeah. EDC. There I was, an idiot amongst idiots. All of us had not found our car. We all parked and were so excited to get so fucked up and listen to EDM that we all forgot where we parked. But as the sun rose, among the blind, the one-eyed man is king. (laughs) Among the idiots, the man with gas and GPS is king. I mean, he, what's funny is, is even in the post, he's blatantly doing to avoid traffic. Like, he's just already, he's already had a hellish morning. He doesn't want to sit in traffic. So he just drives people around until the traffic goes away. Mm-hmm. Hero. Hero. <laughs> I'm holding on. <laughs> I remember at Kings Island and Disney and all that stuff, they have those big people trams. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people just forget where they're parked and will just drive on those trams for hours. Oh, we had to, uh, in Jersey, we have the uh, Six Flags Great Adventure, mm-hmm. and we uh, down in Jackson, New Jersey. What's the cartoons with the Six Flags That's Great Adventure? That's Warner Brothers. You it get the Bugs WB, Bunny and right. Yasamite Sam. And, uh, Yasamite <laughs> Sam? Excuse me? Would people call him Yasamite? No, no, no. Is that a Jersey pronunciation? <laughs> That's the Jersey pronunciation. Hey, I'm going to ride this Yasamite Sam teacup ride. Actually, the Jersey pronunciation is, yo, Samite Sam. <laughs> Yo, Semite Sam. Yo, Semite Sam. I think he was Jewish. Yeah. That's all you have. You're either Italian or you're Jewish. You got one or the other. Hey, speaking of Jersey. Yeah. uh, Last night, I was looking up state songs. Okay. And how terrible they are. Yeah. The Jersey one is really dumb. Oh, what is it? Do you remember? Yeah. Guess what it's called. Guess what the title is called. Oh, oh, uh, does that have anything to do with being the Garden State? (laughs) No. The title is the most simplistic thing you've ever heard. Is it called Dirty Jers? Nope. Jersey. Fuck yeah. No, it's called <laughs> I'm from New Jersey. Stop it! <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could. I can't. Parentheses, what exit? <laughs> right. 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 
I am from New Jersey. <laughs> no, not even I am. I'm. I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> I'm from New Jersey. This was <laughs> state songs. I looked it up. And uh, yeah, I think we need to do this bit. I yeah. think we need to do, we need to read poetically one state song every oh, I, episode. I like this bit. Are you, do you have New Jersey's right now? Yes, I have New Jersey's. Give me just a second. So it, it's it's the abbreviation I'm. I am. I'm from New Jersey. I'm from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. It's pretty redonk. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, apparently, this is by a group called Red Mascara. Oh, right, because they had that other hit. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I know of a state that's a perfect playland with white sandy beaches by the sea, with fun-filled mountains, lakes and parks, and folks with hospitality, with historic towns where battles were fought and presidents have made their home. It's called New Jersey, and I toast and tout it wherever I may roam, because I'm from New Jersey, and I'm proud about it. I love the Garden State. I'm from New Jersey, and I want to shout it. I think it's simply great. All the other states throughout the nation may mean a lot to some, but I wouldn't want another. Jersey is like no other. I'm glad that's where I'm from. If you want glamour, try Atlantic City or Wildwood by the sea. Then there's Trenton, Princeton, and Fort Monmouth. They all made history. Each little town has got that certain something, from High Point to Cape May. And some places, like Manta Looking, Phillipsburg, or Hoboken, will steal your heart away. Jesus! The end. (laughs) That was I'm from New Jersey, the state anthem of New Jersey. Now, I'd really like to hear it. I'm sure it's all Read by performance artist Paul Mattingly. There you go. I'm from New Jersey, everybody. So there's your state song. Oh, man, is that terrible. Just shows you what happens when terrible art and bureaucracy get together. You know, uh, was that Robert Wool? Is that a comedian? Robert Wall, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Wall. He used to do a bit about how there actually was a campaign to make Born to Run. Yep. The uh, state anthem of Jersey, right? Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a death trap. It's yeah. a suicide rap. We got to get out while we're young. While we're young. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, everybody trying to scream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were going to make my song. Uh, we're going to make it the song. <laughs> no, Springsteen didn't want it. He didn't want Yeah, no, I didn't want anthem. it. No, no, no thanks. <laughs> he regularly calls Freehold, this hometown, a shithole. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but uh, I like I'm from New Jersey and I'm proud about it. I'm like, well, I mean, like, uh, uh, like it's always like like when when you go by like a bad neighbor and a church says like we will not tolerate domestic violence, you know that that area has a domestic violence problem. <laughs> so like, um, like no other state anthems. I'm curious how many be like, and I'm proud of it. Yeah. Like I'm from Kentucky and I'm proud of it. P.S. <laughs> Like well, just Kentucky's proves- a whole nother thing. Kentucky's got one of the all-time great state songs, "My Old Kentucky." Home, oh, right, that's true. Which is actually a classic. Yeah, uh, we are dealing with the ramifications of having the word "darky" in there. We're fixing that. 
We're fixing that. But there are purists who don't want to fix, right? There are people who are like Absolute, the song dude, is a song. Yeah, dude. Yeah, no, it's a it's a real sticking point. Because <laughs> now it's the people are gay. Tis summer, the people are gay. That's, oh, that's right, the, right, what right. they've changed it to. Which you know, I get it. Don't put darky in there. That's yeah, not yeah. Cool. You're okay with a few few let's, artistic uh, let's, licenses. Yeah, let's fix it up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it was a different time. It was written we, at a different time. We, we trim Shakespeare now in productions. We, we, <laughs> oh we, boy, we, uh, we make adjustments to to art here but, but uh, it, i'm from new jersey i'm proud it means immediately that some people aren't and that uh and that you get you that the people question why should you be yeah <laughs> step off it's, it's almost a you want to make something of it it is so true i mean it is so true for me like we i remember like uh i was talking about how bon jovi like bon jovi's from jersey yes and that while in New Jersey, I could give a shit about Bon Jovi, but the farther away I travel from New Jersey, the more I will defend him. And I remember being uh, drunk with some friends in San Diego, now, yeah. And uh, and Bon Jovi came on and was with my friends from New Jersey, and so we started singing it at the top of our lungs in a bar, and it was like a real like hipster goth bar that mm-hmm. was not in San Diego. It was like they you know having. black painted walls and like Christmas lights and like a pool table that wouldn't be used for pool. Um, what like, would it be used for? Just like a table, just you know, I mean, like it's just there, it's decorative, like that's how hip this bar was. We're too cool for pool, yeah, we're too cool for pool, <laughs> San Diego. Um, and I'm proud of it. Uh, and so we're singing Bon Jovi at the top of our lungs, yeah. And the bouncer comes over and goes, like, You guys gotta chill out. And we said, But this is our song, you know, living out of prayer is suddenly all of our song. Yeah. This is this is my jersey, this is my song, and he said. The last five songs were your song. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what we did to spur that bouncer? Did you leave? Did you politely leave? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> For no reason. This is the first and last time in my life we streaked the bar. What? That's you streaked the bar? That was bar. our solution. We were drunk. And we were so fired up. And we were so like into condescending the hipsters that we were surrounded by. That we thought the funniest thing to do to everyone who is so uptight would be to run around this bar naked. <laughs> it's just five dudes. The only way that story gets better, the only way, is if while you're running around naked, you offer ta- you offer tableside guacamole service. <laughs> You periodically stop and be like, you guys want some fresh guac? You guys want fresh guac? <laughs> spicy or not spicy? I can do both. I can do both. Bare ass naked. <laughs> and uh, we're out of cilantro. Don't ask why. Don't ask why. But we are out. It cannot be accessed. <laughs> <laughs> so we... We... We literally, I don't, we, we were, none of us can remember whose idea it was to do the streaking. <laughs> so you did it. But, but we were just sort of back in the bathroom and like we literally like are all in a men's bathroom getting naked and then putting our shoes back on so we can run around. And we left one guy like in charge to like hold all of our stuff who didn't want to streak. Like he was carrying all of our clothes like clothes? a football. <laughs> that, that guy's important. Yeah, that guy's, well, that guy is important because here's what happens, right? So we're streaking and I. I indulge with an extra lap around the pool table that no one's using, right? And then I'm actually following the, the, the lead blocker with the clothes out the door. And this is where they, they just uh, passed the smoking ban in California. That's how long ago it was. So we were surprised that we came out of the bar. We were surprised that people were out there as well. 
you know, like we came out <laughs> and we're like, oh, yeah, we, we thought we were gonna be done, like, and we could like re regather our clothing in front of the bar. And, uh, in front of a bar. Well, you know, it was. A, it was, a, it was a, I guess it was a, it's a different time. Was a, no, no, and it was. It was. A, you know, it was. It was a little side street hipster bar. It wasn't like you know. It, it was. We we were not expecting to see people out there. But they're and, out there smoking. Oh, they're out there smoking, and then that's even like there's no music. There's no atmosphere. They're just. <laughs> they just come face to face with five naked men coming out of a bar, and just and who stop abruptly to like look at them like, what are you doing here? And so then we're like, I don't know, just keep going. Like, let's cross the street. Let's just run, you know. And um, what happens <laughs> really awkwardly? Going. This is where it, this is this is either a high point or a low point, depending how you want to interpret this story. But my buddy Sam, like, someone's wallet and keys fall out of the pants and the pile of clothes in my buddy Sam's arms, and I'm the only one. I'm the last one. You see, it. as we bolt across the street. So in front of the smokers, <laughs> you bend. Down. I bend over, <laughs> fucking full, full, full ass to. F- Full ass to their to their visage, and I just hear like a oh, <laughs> a total disapproval of my my bending over and. Well, they saw that cilantro falling out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's the cilantro. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> my guac was just missing. I cannot tell missing you that perfect little the, kick. <laughs> The schoolboy giddiness that we had as we like got our clothes back on. I'll bet. We just could not contain our laughter you for got like away a half from hour. It. Oh man. You got away with it. It was so fun. That's pretty good. And so I didn't do it again. There's no way I can top it. It was really it was a really fun, fun ordeal. Any streaking, Paul? Any streaking stories? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no streaking. Nope. Uh <laughs> Hey, I saw Book of Mormon. Awesome. Did you see Book of Mormon over I here haven't. at the Smith Center? No, I didn't get a chance. I was sad. Man, it is such a good fucking show. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm really, like, after the show and, like, want to talk about it here, I just was like, I, I like, should I pull back? Should I not say? It's, like, the most right, important. You, don't, you, wanna, you don't want to spoil. No, but I mean, like, I, I really feel like it's, like, important. Like, yeah. I, like, comedy we talked about like it just at the at its best usually just moves the pawns of logic it's not usually a huge game changer but if there's anything specifically written so well that it could be important i think it is the book of mormon well i mean the south park guys have done really great stuff yeah i love team america that's one of my favorite things ever crazy great musical god that movie is just and outstanding uh, Anytime the government does something crazy, people just write America, fuck yeah, on the, on on their social media. Like, it's totally from Team America influencing. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, and some and, and people the, do it unironically. Right, right. So. That's the unfortunate part. But uh, the, uh, you know, the South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Cut, the original. Uh, so good. Such a good. When, when, and it's I, a musical. I remember seeing that in the theater. Yeah. And the Uncle Fucker song came on. Yeah. I lost my mind. I could not stop laughing for like 20 minutes oh, man. after that song was done. It's like that's that's one of the best things that's ever been written. Man, the the <laughs> the the most like the best like punch in the gut of the show is actually it's the ballad they give the love interests uh um I love uh, that song. The yeah, the she's she's the African tribe woman who's who's uh dreaming of becoming a Mormon so she can go to Salt Lake City and it's and Be it's with the ballad guy. of Salt Lake City and it, and she just talks about what she dreams of. She visions this yeah. thing, this place. So it's it's a, it's a red cross on every corner, <laughs> uh, vitamin shots by the case, the warlords help you cross the street. Uh and it's a sweet, sweet song of what she thinks Salt Lake what a dream would be mm-hmm. for that. And it is just gut wrenching as to like that's what these 
that's what you would dream of. This person's dream is just awful. But uh, the show is just great. I mean, does it make fun of religion? Absolutely. But it really is actually, what it really does is is it explores ignorance in general. Mm -hmm. You know, by saying we send these Mormons to Africa to help these people who are, you know, you know, the whole song where everyone has AIDS and then, you know, um, the, the one guy like was, you know, fucking a baby to cure his AIDS and stuff like that. And so like the, there's, there's ignorance outside of religion as well, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and that uh, ignorance, even with good intentions, doesn't help ignorance. And so like it just is so important that way. And it's a perfect musical and it's so fucking funny from start to finish. It's really great. Um, anyways, oh, I went and saw it. The, now, Josh Gad made this uh, Elder Cunningham as the main character there, and Josh Gad played on Broadway. He wasn't in this production, was no, he? No, no, no. He's not touring. That's the thing. So I saw it in New you York back Josh in the Gad. day with Josh Gad, and then I saw it with this, just some kid. He was an understudy who was on, which is normally you're like, oh, no, I want to see the, whoever is best. Mm-hmm. This guy, and then I read his bio, and he's Canadian. Mm-hmm. So now I'm really, really upset. <laughs> Can this understudy Canadian carry this musical that I love so this much? Terrence Andor Philip, who is supposed to yeah, come this and Terrence bring and Phillips, <laughs> and his name is Nick, and it's spelled with a Y, N Y K. Yeah, look out! And but I'm like, and I'm like, I spent money on this. <laughs> I spent money. I spent money to come to this show. See a Nick. See a Nike. <laughs> and uh, he was awesome. There brilliant. you go. Super brilliant kid. And uh, and totally made it his own, totally different than Josh Gad's interpretation, and it just proved that the musical is also brilliant because has the strength to take on different interpretations. Exactly, it's so great. funny, great stuff. But if you haven't seen, like, you have to see it. If you haven't seen it, you have to. Yeah, well, next time it comes, I'm gonna make a point. If I actually, uh, no, no, no kidding, Paul. If I had known that you were that you weren't seeing it, I would have found a way to make you see it. Oh, that's very kind. Of you. <laughs> next <laughs> I time, made it happen. Next time, it, it'll uh, yeah. come back because I, I got to see once on a last minute thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tempest and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. It's I've, still here for another couple of weeks or so. Isn't is it? that true? It, Maybe. I mean, it, it was a month sit down. <coughs> oh, it is. Yeah, I think it, I think you've got like two more weeks to We're see it. Find All right, well, it. maybe I'll fi- figure it out. Yeah, because I would love to see it. I'm gonna go up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask for donations to help every EDC kid find <laughs> their car, and then I'm gonna get <laughs> just give it to put me. That, pull that pull that together and get you a ticket to to book a Mormon. That's awesome. Um, I would love to see it. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, last comic standing. Oh, is your boy still cooking? He was. He's still cooking. So you know, it's week to week. So it was. The, it was down to the next group of uh, you know fourteen going down to five. So he's he's safe. He's in the next round. But I watched the uh, the, the, the the next episode was the fourteen the, down to five. Right. So they, they so make the, hard cuts. That's what I mean. So it goes from so it goes from hundred down to twenty eight, and then they split those twenty eight into fourteen and fourteen. Five out of fourteen. Five out of fourteen. Oh, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so ten. My boy Monroe is safe. Or as uh, as JB Smooth says, <laughs> um, and and what happened on this episode was really upsetting. There's a guy. Oh, he's very good looking, like model good looking. His name is like Lachlan, Lachlan Patterson or something. And I was like, oh no! And then he came out and he was like really funny, and I was like, god damn it, leave. Comedy alone. <laughs> There's one thing we go be beautiful somewhere else. Yeah, we we the bigger and less fortunate in the looks department. <laughs> There's one thing we fucking have. We've got the comedy, it's man. Comedy, please, oh, please leave funny. us alone. While while you're putting penises in beautiful vaginas, we get to write jokes. That's the rules. <laughs> but he tore it up. 
he turned up and he turned up as a good looking guy. Like his jokes were about like how hard it is to break up with girls and like all this other stuff. And, and he was still good. That's so funny. you're like, God damn it. This is like, this is breaks like every, the, the, every rule that I've understood about comedy, <laughs> which is never about winners. You know, it's never about, it's never about like the problems of, be, of being awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be a victim, a sufferer. You know, you have Apparently to, not. You have to be, suffer the pet peeves of, of being imperfect. And, uh, I hope Louis C.K. just trank darts him, <laughs> puts him in a net, and throws him in a river. <laughs> oh man! You know what I was remembering the other day, Paul? What? It was pissed me off. I was going through cleaning out some shit, and um, I came across a business card, and the business card was for a fella uh, from MGM Entertainment. And do you remember? This pissed me off. Just I, it was filled with instant dread when I when I picked this up. Do you remember that we were part of a contest between? I do remember that. Yeah, there was like a, basically like comedy groups were invited to submit. Uh, they're going to do a whole yeah we did viral this marketing whole, we campaign. Did, we did this whole of funny video videos piece, like two days of filming for the circus circus, mm-hmm. and uh, we were part of one of like six groups that submitted. Yeah, we were we, we were, were down told, to the wire to com- in consideration. Total was very close. Yeah, and then they they, they actually so we, we shot everything for free. Mm-hmm. We wrote and shot everything for free. Then they gave us notes and said we're down to the final two. Did another reshoot for and we, them. And, and we rewrote a whole thing and did a whole other shoot for I them. I do remember and this. And we went to like several meetings at MGM. We yep. bust in their fancy offices and sat us mm-hmm. down talking about all the things they wanted to do. And then uh, they told us we won this contest and that we won and that we're going to be making these videos. And then we had our agent negotiate salaries. And then they just never returned a phone call ever again. They just never... Even said no. They just that. never yeah. said anything. Just faded away. <laughs> I was just like, so you won, and then nothing happened. Correct. Mm-hmm. It turns out they never. There, I don't think there was a contest, or 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 if there was a contest, they didn't go to the point where they actually had approval from their bosses to actually do the thing that they were awarding the contest for. And this is the kind of thing that happens in Vegas all the fucking time, where you audition for something that doesn't even happen. It's one thing to just audition for something and not get the role. That happens. That's part of show business. When you constantly just like, why don't we just have a bunch of auditions? And then don't ever do anything. It drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. I think we could do that. <laughs> yeah, we I, could. I, I think we could hold auditions. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah, true. It's easy enough. It's easy enough. People will come out. Um, but that was really made me so mad. I won't say his full name, but Ben was the name of the guy on the card. <laughs> so if you used to work at MGM and your name is Ben, you're a cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you I know who that. you are. I remember that time. And I remember you, and I remember you in your trendy fucking little t-shirt like you're dressing up to go out dancing, but came to our meeting instead. <laughs> your designer fucking t-shirt buttoned down with your little tribal jewel designs on this rib cage. Fucking this, asshole! Is this the guy with a lot of silver jewelry? Yeah, oh yeah, I remember he, that. <laughs> he took he took. I guess he, he took the entire budget that he had for our shoot and spent it on jewelry. his spent it on his own fucking shirt and and wrist decorations for the meeting. Oh, what a dipshit! Fifty going on fourteen. <laughs> um, Paul. Yes, I'm going to go to Jock versus Nerd unless you got something. I'm ready. You ready for fucking Jock versus Nerd? I'm ready for Jock versus Nerd. Jock versus Nerd. We didn't go with next that time. We went. We went old school with Tony's. Yeah. 
We didn't do the uh, we didn't do the hair metal jock versus nerd. The new short one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new shorter <laughs> one. The new much shorter one. Um, let's see. So uh, uh, our friend uh, Michael Sam, remember our, our gay football player? Yes. So he signed. Uh, he actually signed a full contract. He made it past training camp. He is now a contracted player with uh, with the St. Louis Rams. Okay. And he uh, put out a nice little tweet uh, marking the occasion. I want to know what you think the hashtag was <laughs> on the tweet that he sent out. I'll guess gay baller. <laughs> Gayer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fancy football. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, hashtag in it to win it. <laughs> uh, close. Hashtag balls deep. <laughs> It was. Uh, it has to do with his uh, team. So it was. It was hashtag <laughs> hashtag Rams in it. It was Ram a, it in. It was Ram up. <laughs> ram up. Ram now up. listen. Is that their chant? They say Ram up. It can't be anymore, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, like as one of the most. Do op- they say Ram up? Was one of the most open-minded <laughs> proponents. One of the most people who cheered this whole Michael Sam situation. You can't, you gotta just be careful with ram up. Ram up. <laughs> it's just not the way I'd go with that. It's just not. I'm on the hunt for balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Ram up. Ram up. <laughs> Well, he might get a Dodge commercial out of it. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like the All-American Dodge Company wants is a gay black football player <laughs> telling people to check out their trucks. Buy this truck. Ram up. <laughs> I'm Michael Sam. Ram up. I, I'm rammed up, and let me ram you up in a new Dodge. <laughs> I'll teach you what a Hemi means. <laughs> ram up. Uh- <laughs> That's okay. Balls deep would, be, would have been amazing as well. <laughs> Balls deep would have been amazing. Um, that is that is that was. Uh, I was proud. Football's deep. Football's deep. <laughs> Football's deep. I'm trying to find the whole tweet, but I can't find it. <laughs> well, ram up. That's ram up. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you got? Okay, so um, you remember a couple weeks ago, talked about. The uh, creator of G.I. Joe mm-hmm. passing away. Yeah. Well, it has come to light since his death that he actually worked on a secret project with the CIA. What? Recently. not In the not-too-distant past, he worked on a secret project with the CIA to create a special doll. A special doll. Uh, it never made it out of prototype, but there were like three of these dolls created okay. for the CIA. I guess they never greenlit the thing for full production, but this was there was a plan. Do you know greenlit? I like that the CIS production company didn't right make it, didn't make it go through. Do you know what this or who this doll was? Who was this a doll of? What real life person? Okay, so it was it was a doll of a real life person. Yes, meant to be used as a weapon in some way to be used as a counterculture type. Okay, you know a, a propaganda weapon basically. Was it going to be weaponized itself? No, no, no. It's not a. We- it was a propaganda piece. Oh, it was just, so it was just given out, and then that would it was going to be given out work. as a propaganda piece. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see. I mean, everything dumb we did, we did for Castro. 
Was it for Fidel Castro? It wasn't that long ago. It was recent history. Oh, recent history. Wow. And it's the fellow from G.I. Joe, the guy who passed away? Like 10 years ago. He was in on brought creating him out of retirement this, to work for Toys CIA working on a Working on a 12-inch doll of this Okay, 12-inch doll of Osama bin Laden? Precisely. There's going to be an Osama bin Laden doll? There's going to be an, an Osama bin Laden doll that was designed for propaganda purposes. And here's how it worked. What they did was they were going to mold this Osama bin Laden doll and have you know his kind of mean-looking face on there like normal. But it was going to be created of a special material so that as the kids played with it, his face would melt away and reveal underneath a devil face. <laughs> so that they would see he's he's an evil hiding underneath this this normal looking guy. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty genius, huh? That's a good idea. <laughs> But I think, you know, I don't know. Here's the thing. Cause I would say, like, it would backfire, except that it would backfire in the United States because we like that stuff. But It would backfire in the States, but in those other countries. It wasn't for us. It yeah, was for, it was it was for, for kids in other countries to be like, oh, look, it's Osama. Oh, no, he's got a devil head. Because what is it? Like, I just read, like, the Iranian soccer team. The people are getting arrested because they just showed them dancing and rooting for the World Cup. There's nothing provocative in it. They just weren't wearing their proper, like, head, head garb and stuff like that. But it just was them cheering. Singing and cheering for the Iranian soccer team and then showing highlights of the soccer team. And people are getting so arrested for it. People are getting arrested for it. Not even condemned. Arrested. Man, shit is out of control. So, like, I guess, again, the culture where that wouldn't be the case. So, that yeah. So, because then, then the devil thing might work. But then, like, like, okay, so what I just said, though, makes me think that, like, you know, that means there are regular Iranians that just, you know, the government is the government. But they, they, they actually, the kids just want to just be... Uh, what they're worried about, which is becoming, you know, uh, uh, the the um, deterioration of culture, which is the great Western, Westernization, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Westernization of culture. Uh, but there are kids that do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So, like somewhere, some kid, some kids, some Iran, you know, some uh, it's not not uh, Afghani, Afghani, yeah, some Afghanistanian. Um, some kids would have really loved those dolls. Some Muslim kid would have thought would not have been scared by that at all. That was awesome. awesome. Yeah. And for the most part, I think that's what they came to the conclusion. They, found, I mean, they scrapped the project. Yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of a silly project, but yeah. So there you go, GI Joe to the rescue once again. How funny would it be is it when they actually killed Bin Laden when they took his face and all of a sudden it wiped away. And as soon as they the shot him, his face melts. And yes. It's like, I was the devil <laughs> the, the whole do- time. Hey, guess what? Guys, you better throw him in the ocean real quick because I'm the devil. Throw oh, him in the man. ocean as quick as you can. <laughs> How crazy. I mean, I don't want to get, you know, we don't, we don't really do politics on here, but it's, no. it's nuts that, I mean, Bin Laden's kind of getting exactly what he wanted to have happen. Yeah. His whole life. It's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. It's really crazy. And, uh, all you know, in certain situations, like all religions are not equal either. There are some religions that just want to f- want to kill and get people <laughs> and take over shit, and that's not you know some some aren't some aren't doing that. So it's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah, we're starting like right over. We're starting totally over with Iraq. It's nuts. I can't believe what's happening with that shit. And we just should never I been there. I we can't never be- gone. I can't believe what's. I remember two thousand three. I remember crying, openly yeah. crying when I heard that announcement on the radio that we were invading. And I looked to my friends. I was hanging out with my uh, other improv guys at that time, my improv troupe. And I looked at them and I said, we are fucked for the next 10 years. Yeah. We have just committed ourselves to 10 years. And it's like you they, were, they, you were was just... talking like it was, it, was, it was this whole three-year plan. This is the thing. This revisionist history that's going on right now. Yeah. I, I hate to be that guy, but I mean... 
Is anyone listening to Dick Cheney and taking him seriously at this point? No. I guess people are. But no, but not even Fox News is. <sighs> even Fox News is like, Mr. Cheney. Sir, you and your corporation <laughs> are what invaded Iraq. Yeah. You are what's going on there. Oh, it's... But he's completely gone into full-blown, like, Dr. Evil style. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. He's, he's a fucking supervillain. He's, he's part robot. Yeah. He's, got, he's got mechanical parts uh-huh. that keep him going. Mm-hmm. He practically has a pinky up to his face every time he appears on something. <laughs> and it's just frightening. And, and, and it's just, oh, it's just so, we just don't even care. Yeah. I you know, I don't get it at all. I don't understand it at all. What is our motivation for being there? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Like, that's the hard part. Like, could we just get out of there? Like, could we all just, <laughs> like, you can't, right? Yeah. Well, it's one of those. Uh, you could. The more we try to do, the more you people could. just hate our guts. That's, could. that's what we do yeah, now. You could get out of there. We are in a Chinese finger trap of intervention. Yeah. Right? The more we try to make anything happen, the more well, we're we just took stuck. on that took on that kind of policing role and yeah. we pushed it too far. Mm-hmm. It's so tough. And it's just, and it's hard, and it's a hard call. I, you know. There certainly there were atrocities and terrible things going on under Saddam Hussein. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But there are still terrible atrocities and horrible things going on under in many countries. Guys. And that's the other thing too. It's like, right. How can you pick and choose? Right. How do you decide? And is that our place even? Right. And uh and like how many of those displaced cultures, like how many of them can't find their cars? And if so, like who can we send over there? If we could just get cars. a good tram system going on <laughs> to help these guys they would be heroes. after these nights of parties, then things would turn around. <laughs> Looking for the tweet from Michael Sam, I came across a tweet that was sent to us that I forgot to include in our scoop mail rundown, so I'll just ask you, Paul. Um, I've heard you go Mexican and even Arab. Is there any accident you any accent you won't do on the air and why? No. <laughs> There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> if and if you want and if you want absolute proof of that, listen to a couple of Geek Shock episodes. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> Paul keeps it in check for Ice Cream Social. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, <laughs> go you, over you, to Geek Shock. <laughs> you want the beast unleashed? <laughs> check out Geek Shock. You'll be you'll be shocked. <laughs> you'll be geek shocked. That was from uh, Nathan Ray, and then <laughs> thank um, you, Nathan. Let's see what else we got here. Oh, uh, Jason uh, Locker, who is uh, at Finished with PH, Finished, mm. uh, wrote, been thinking, as Ice Cream Social, you two are basically soda jerks, which is basically jock plus nerd, J and K, and the E-R equals jerk. So jock and nerd equals jerk. Um, fuck you, Jason. <laughs> uh, we have a ton of scoop mail to get to, so we should just get to it. All right. This is... I'm on the hunt for balls. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. That was wrong button. <laughs> I'm sure your finger slipped. <laughs> Message for you, son. All right. Uh, we got one from Chris. Hey, guys. Huge fan. Literally. I, I'm a hair under 300 pounds. <laughs> Chris is a huge fan. Join the club. Yeah, huge. Yeah. <laughs> Heard you talking about female Did coaches. Think about podcasts? <laughs> Go ahead. Heard you talking about female coaches and thought I'd drop in with this one. While not uh, mainstream famous, I can't talk today. While not mainstream famous in the bodybuilding world, 55 year old Sybil Grandma Peters is one of the most hardcore trainers on earth. Stop it. 
This serene, smiling lady who is indeed a grandmother has reduced a lot of very big men to tears. Inside bodybuilding, she is known as the trainer from hell. She is famous for bringing many amateurs to the next level and currently trains around 125 men and women. She is also tr- famous for getting Roly Wink- Winkler. I, I, oh, I R- Roly Winkler. Yeah, 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 no. that guy. Into the finals of Mr. Olympia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Got into the finals of Mr. Olympia, the most famous bodybuilding competition in the world. Hey, Mr. C, if you don't mind, I'd like to rep a few right here. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Hey. Let me fix this jukebox smash. <laughs> jukebox is crushed. <laughs> Many say that he would not have gotten to the uh, Mr. Olympia finals without her. That's great, actually. That that's so funny that there's an old Grandma Peters. You couldn't come up with a better name if you wanted to like write an Adam Sandler movie for like who would be a great bodybuilding coach. Grandma that's Peters. awesome, Grandma Peters. Thanks for writing that in. That's cool. Absolutely. I uh, got another one here from Sacto Monkey, our old friend Sacto Monkey. Parenthesis Arm Pizza. Okay, a few weeks back, I mentioned that my wife and I were in Vegas and went to a few shows. I was enthralled when you had the famous actor mime from Cirque du Soleil show O on. However, my second show, and we had just as much fun, was Zumanity. Casey is delightful, fast, and funny. Loved listening to her on the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you, as I grovel on the floor. So it seems that you are mind-melding with my trip through Vegas. That being said, now, if you can bring Terry Fader on and rip his Bible-thumping ass apart for ruining my time (laughs) and well-spent money on his craptastic, hidden religious message, manipulative... God should not be in Vegas strip show surrounded by old people smelling like their Depends had a diarrhea failure. I hated this show. Parenthesis, straightens tie. If you could make this happen, thanks. Sacto Monkey. Cheers. Wow, Sacto Monkey. Oh, there's a rave review. Uh, no is the answer. No chance we can make that happen. No, I don't think Terry <laughs> Fader would be on here. I don't think uh, Terry Fader's coming in, and I don't Not think exactly we could stop our him from a, I don't think he could stop him from thumping his Bible if we did have him come in here. Is that, I didn't realize that was his game. Uh, you know, I've, I never heard it put in such an extreme way. But I, <laughs> I, I heard, you know, he does a lot of the uh, he does a lot of good old boy stuff in there. That know? show is one of those that that reminds me of the old uh, orange on TV yeah. thing. Like, you know, just stick an orange on television, and then tour it around. People go pay and see it. <laughs> hey, that's that orange that was on television. <laughs> The power of television. You could yeah. sell a thousand tickets a night to go see the orange. Yeah, well, I want to be that orange. Let's get hey, us no, on don't, television. Don't, don't. I'm not knocking the orange. Somebody no, I'm knocking orange. the whole process. I will say that, like, uh, uh, that Terry did come by for uh, uh, years ago. We did the Terror Lounge shows here in Vegas. Terry was a, a guest, and uh, he was a very nice guest. He's a very good guy. I, I don't know his show. I do understand that it's a, a was I I wasn't thing. there when that one went down. I Is don't that think. true? I don't remember being. Did you miss? I, did I miss one? I don't even remember that missing one. That can't be true. Didn't I? We Terry Fader came and then, and then we also had like twelve people walk out because they thought it was just going to be a Terry Fader show. So I like, think I was gone for that one for something. Of, instead of seeing him at the Mirage for you know a hundred bucks, they you were going to go see him see Town Terry Square for twenty bucks hilarious. on the same exact day. And they're like, "What? What's going on?" <laughs> so they left. Um, but yeah, back when we did the, uh, we would do improv based on tarot card readings of celebrities. Terry came by. I, do you remember that? I I don't. I really think that I missed that one. Oh, okay. Uh, I started as a ventriloquist. Oh right. As a as a kid, and I can still do a little bit of ventriloquism. Paul does a little ventriloquism. Yeah. yeah, I could do it now, but it wouldn't make any damn sense. <laughs> 
So <laughs> do it now, and I'll just I'll just narrate how your lips are moving. <laughs> how my but lips are moving. All right, here we go. Hey there. How's everyone doing out there in Radio Land? It's a, so good to hear you. On a or sca- not hear you, see you. On a scale of one to ten, Paul moved his lips zero. Look at that! That, that was amazing. Did you like that? That, that was truly amazing. Did you like that? That, that was incredible. Thanks. Well, see, I mean, I feel like I need to get back out on the horse and do a little more of it because Terry Fader. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that guy did it. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. So uh, I do some puppety stuff on Ugly Couch Show if you want to see my puppety stuff. But right. I don't I don't usually do ventriloquism on there, but okay. I, do, I do like puppets. I, I am seriously impressed by that. that Thank was, you. That was incredible. Thank you. Yay. Wow. Look at that. I got kudos from Jacob. Shove it up your butt, Terry Fader. <laughs> there you go. Uh, next one we got from Moxie. Hey, guys, just been thinking uh, during musical rehearsal about who has a tougher job in musicals, the pit musicians or the actors. Love pit guitar scoop, Moxie Fox. P.S. Give a shout out to Lori for me. All right, Lori, there's your shout out. What up, Lori? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're making love happen here on the Ice Cream Lori, Booyakasha. <laughs> I think the pit musicians have a harder job. Than the than the than the actors in, in the production. Mm, I don't know. They they certainly are practicing a more well, I don't know, somewhat more technical thing. It, it takes a little more technical practice to. As to we've be, talked uh, about the whole profession of acting and how yeah, we love yeah, to yeah. defend it, but no, but in musicals <laughs> it is harder because you have to dance. If you have to dance, if you have to dance, sing, and act, then there is a certain a certain amount of training that has to go into yep. that. Uh, um, at least just on a vocabulary level to be able to dance for a musical theater. Uh, well, you know, there's a whole thing of, you know, the actor's instrument is their body. Yeah. Uh, I myself have a pawn shop tuba, uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but some people actually <laughs> refine that shit into a Stradivarius. Uh, yeah. Mine is a, is, a, is, a, is a piano smashed by a sledgehammer, <laughs> if your body is your instrument. Um, your body is the instrument. You know what's funny is that when I, when I hear that question, that I, I, at first, I don't think of a legitimate production. I think of being stuck doing a community theater show, <laughs> in which case I definitely think the musician's job is a lot harder because uh-huh. like, you get to, as an actor, you get to like, walk out of the room with scenes you're not in. <laughs> but as a pit musician, while... while Just stuck there watching the whole thing. Yeah, like while, the, while some, some director verbally masturbates about the intention of whatever's going on you have to sit there in your chair and just look at the same old music notes that you know how to play already the surrey with the fringe is my mother (laughs) don't you people see that (laughs) you people are bastard people (laughs) next one from nick hey guys glad you liked the music oh this is uh nick who sent us some music oh good I uh, just wanted to say a couple of things and ask a question. First off, I apologize for the really long email last time, though this one isn't short either. <laughs> it was really only meant to explain it to you guys. If I knew you were going to use it in scoop mail, I would have shortened it significantly. He hasn't really learned. I gotta, no, I gotta no. say. Or, or he figured it out completely. Right. He's like, the longer that I write, the more they're going to read. Uh, by the way, I didn't mean my comments on the old clips as harshly as you took them. Also, although I stress that I am non-confrontational, I want to call bullshit on Jacob. Whoa. He said, oh, he's calling me out for something I said last week that I then corrected later to you off the air. Uh, he said my jock versus nerd was only 2.2 seconds shorter, but I just timed the old one twice on episode seven, if that matters. <laughs> Stop watching it. I love it. 
49 seconds. <laughs> Mine is only 25 to 30 seconds, uh, depending if you let the explosion ring out. That's 40 to 50% shorter. So, figgity fuck you, buddy. <laughs> Not really. I love you guys. <laughs> This is getting deep. This is. This is getting deep, Jacob. No, I, I said something to Matt after the episode last week. What's that, the uh, perfect time for our Jock versus Nerd intro? <laughs> that uh, well, uh, he's referring to the original because we we had two oh, different yeah, ones yeah. before uh, before we switched over to Tony's. Yeah. He's referring to the original one that was obscenely long. Oh, I get it. I get it. Uh, the uh, the second one. This is, right now, we're just being introduced to political ads. Right now, like, exactly. Right now we're just, just going to keep getting like Jacob's ad is four <laughs> hours and six minutes long. That's right. Vote Nick for Jock versus Nerd. <laughs> the uh, the second one was the the second one that we went to later on was about the same length as uh, as Nick. Not so, according to Nick. Uh, not according to Nick. <laughs> Nick disagrees strongly. And for that, I say, figgity fuck you, Nick. <laughs> Nick might only be on episode seven, so who knows? Right. It's true. We'll, we'll find out then, then like two months from now whether how he feels about this. <laughs> I'm kind of excited. That's the first time uh, somebody's called me out. And also the first time someone has said, figgity fuck you, buddy, figgity to me. fuck you is a really great way to figgity say fuck, fuck you, buddy. Yeah. Oh, man, like the, the, the argument you saw on the street on the way to the theater. It'd be funny if they were like, figgity fuck you, man. No, figgity fuck you. If you could just, if I, like that. That would have left me with a cheer in my heart. I, but this was, it was not, it was just, fuck you, bitch. I feel like that's something I definitely want to teach my kid. Like, if you're going to curse, you have to say figgity before you say the curse word. Figgity fuck you. Because figgity fuck is funny, and also figgity shit is funny. Figgity shit your mouth. You figgity motherfucker. <laughs> Makes everything better. Did you... <laughs> Mr. Donnelly, uh, your son cursed out some girl on the playground today. Yeah, yeah, but didn't he say figgity before he swore at her? Oh, you know what? He did say figgity. All right, well, I think we're done here. <laughs> Biggity fuck you. <laughs> Next message from Steven. Dear Ice Cream Social, I remember Matt talking about how Jacob and he love to play fantasy football. We do. That's true. I uh, usually nerd out on fantasy football. Even listening to a fantasy football podcast on one in particular, they have their own podcast league. The okay. listeners and the hosts do a live draft over the internet and briefly talk about the results each week on Monday's show. Okay. They do a 16-team league. And there's a listener-proposed challenge to enter the league. The entertainment uh, really comes from this challenge. For instance, you could have listeners write clever jingles for the show or pick uh, funny fantasy football names, etc. Uh, you do the vetting for players on air, and the funniest ones get in. I think having 13 listeners in the league with Matt, Paul, and Jacob could really provide for some entertainment. For instance, when Paul's team beats Matt because his kicker goes off for 15 points. Fantasy football has brought me nothing but pain in the seven years that I've played, but inflicted the same mental anguish on others is what keeps me coming back to be part of the league. <laughs> that is true. Happens. Just an idea. Love the show. Who said that? That is from Steven. Steven. That is, uh, here's the first, honestly, Jacob, tell me if you thought the same thing. The first thing that stuck out to my mind was 16 people. 16 teams 16 is a lot. 16 is a that lot is a of fucking league. teams to put in the league. Most, like, good, good leagues have 12. Yeah, 10, like 10 the, or 12. The, ta the talent balances out well on 12. Where you can 16 still, is pretty much you're using every single player in the NFL, right? Yeah, then like, the much. odds of picking up someone that you need goes way down. Uh, like the, so like the, the idea that you, you could it makes your draft super important. Oh, yeah. Well, can you do like a Legends thing and bring in Legends? <laughs> How and would then they play every week? You could randomly bring up a uh, a week from oh. the past. 
I've, Paul talks interesting. Paul, Paul talks good talk over here. Interesting. I mean, just from this is so this is my video game me, right? Yeah. So I'm playing a lot of my WWE video mm-hmm. game, which I love, and it's all about the legends. This last year had a lot of legends in, included, uh-huh. uh, and it was all it was a 30 year history of WrestleMania, and so you play with a lot of people that are, you know that could never fight today because right. they're dead or old. And uh, it's just interesting to, to that who could be the best kind of thing. So maybe there's a way to figure out how to bring in the legends and randomly generate uh, their past weeks into the So fold. you say, uh, all right, this week we are doing uh, 1991 week seven. And uh, lucky, uh, lucky you over there. You happen to have Barry Sanders on your team, right? Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't tell them which week came up, and you wouldn't know ahead of time. You right. would just, you would just get a list of all the weeks and all the stats for that player okay. from the time that they played, and then every week just have some kind of random number generator bring up a week. Okay, so Paul, what Paul is saying makes sense to me, but I happen to know that like. You know, like Yahoo and NFL.com and, and those guys, they won't have this built into the computer. Oh, that, oh no. No, right. this, no, no. We, this, we would have to do a lot. We'd have to of, do it all. Yeah, around. we'd have to be sitting down so, with a notebook. But I'm te- but you know what? I mean, I, somebody's going to latch on to this idea and make a mint. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, Scoops, if you're listening and you know how to pull off what Paul's talking about for our fantasy football league, you're in our league. And we'll figure that out. And if you want me to play, you pull out some Blood Bowl shit. Yeah. You make it where it's orcs and elves. True fantasy football, right? That's the kind of football I like. Or blitz. You know, uh, I, I use a uh, for for a couple of my leagues. I use a, a hardcore website. We we don't just use the the you don't ESPN use the free and, yeah the free sites. We, you use like, the real it's deal. About two hundred dollars a a season to just to just to buy the website, just to be on the website. Well, shit. So you will need that sixteen people back in. Though. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you have, but you have a lot of uh, you have a lot of extra perks going through these websites. There's a lot of extra. Uh, we can figure that out. We can figure that out. But, but if, uh, if I, I you bet could that, figure out a way to bring in everybody from history, all the greats from yeah. history, and randomly generate numbers for them given their previous weeks. Maybe mix and match a few of the stats here I like here the and there. idea a lot. I'm, I'm going to send it off an email and see uh, see what they can do for that us. That could be really cool. That, that's a cool idea. That is a really cool idea. And uh, also, if you are listening and you're a scoop and you want to be in our fantasy football league, uh, write write to us, write a scoop mail and tell us you want in and why. We're doing that this this year, right? I think we're going to do it. It's that, a really sounds, good idea. That sounds great. I don't know if I want to do 16. I don't even know if we'd get 16 scoops that want in. How about you write in and then we'll figure out how many we can fit. Well, we've already got three, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the three yeah. of us are playing. That's the three. three. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got three. So, so and I bet we got four with Steven. <laughs> yeah, we got four with Steven. Yeah, we yep. got four with Steven. Okay. So basically we need only eight more scoops to want to play. Also, like if you're like Paul, you've never played fantasy football that's a plus we want that absolutely in the league Noob we, scoops. Want, we want to be able to do it and, uh, and this would be a good time also to shout out uh ben who took over my fantasy baseball team and won again he is four and one holy as shit the yeah. owner of uh my fantasy baseball well, hey, maybe monster. maybe ben would know how to incorporate these uh previous all-stars yeah we'll see we'll see he but, seems uh, good with numbers a shout out to ben uh he has a new pitching strategy he's rotating a lot of young pitchers to to uh to get his victories going. You want to get real freaky, put some baseball guys on the football team. <laughs> How do you put baseball guys on the football team? I don't know. Numbers-wise, you can figure it out. <laughs> well, they do have bats. Right? <laughs> the Legends thing is interesting if you're just randomly really drawing is. weeks. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting interesting idea. Um, all right. All right. Uh, well, here's one from Lucas. Hi, Matt and Paul. Just want some of your general advice on growing the listeners. My method is to change the message tone on friends phones to matt saying hooray for nazis then texting them that jupiter is in the money house with a link to download your show for an explanation 
Love the show. Keep up the good work. Best wishes, Lucas. <laughs> I don't know if that'll be the most effective marketing ploy, but it's a brave one. Uh, I gotta. How do I? That is literally like uh, gaining listeners one by one. We'd have to like the, the the idea of marketing is to gain individuals' phones. It really helps slow, slows slows the growth prospect a little bit. But I tell you, it's worth trying once. Yeah, it's worth trying once. Go I for love, it. I love texting people Jupiter's and the Money House with a link to our show. That is a really good idea. That's a good one. That's a good idea. That's gonna get an interesting. We do, you know we get a lot of emails and and tweets and stuff. I like just say that people I, I listen to your podcast. I laugh out loud. Then people look at me like I'm weird. And I just want to say like. Tell some of those people that you're listening to our podcast. Right. Uh, <laughs> I got my buddy Kirsten. Uh, I, I did the ridiculous. <laughs> I did. A, he happened to be in the grocery store when I when he was listening to one of our old podcasts and was doing yeah. this this bit about Captain Crunch. He was in the cereal aisle. Yeah. And he lost his mind and people were staring at him like he was insane. That's great. That's advertisement right there. Definitely. And I gotta say, like I think uh, last week our run like heaven was a big factor and uh, we had really good uh, really good download numbers for that episode normally uh, you know lift the curtain a little bit normally our interviews have better download numbers than our than our non-interview uh-huh. episodes and uh, that that one's up up there the 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 uh, the Paul is pissed is the name of this, the title of the episode because you were so pissed about the <laughs> fucking movie. Um, I was and uh, still am. and then uh, we 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 oh, ran uh, the Cooper. T- we tweeted with the run like heaven graphic that uh, Ace drew up and uh, Ace, dude, thank you so much. Ace for is giving on us fire. Gold, dude. Ace is on fire. We need that shit. It's great. It's really helping us a ton. Uh, here's one from Scoop Dog. Scoop Dog. Scoop Dog. Uh, you guys asked for people to email in for advice, so I figured, why not? It's on a serious note, though. Serious, um, guys. Too bad. I'm we going to leave out a lot of details for time's sake. Everyone in my family are very devout Christians, while I am a closet atheist with regards to my family. It has been shown to be very obvious that it would be really, really hard on my parents and brother if I ever told them I was an atheist, let alone a very ardent one who is very anti-theist. They're also very much the type of parents who blame their parenting for things their children have done. For some context, one of them once said that they would much rather one of their children had never been born at all than to die an atheist, because that would mean they failed that son or oh, daughter. Right, so to take take down the uh, the the music on this one. Yeah, I want to hear that. I want to hear this out. This is a big. This is this is this is hardcore. This is hardcore. Uh, I love my parents very much, and they've done so much for me throughout my life. On top of that, I really hate hurting anyone's feelings, so I don't think I could handle knowing that I caused them such mental and emotional suffering if I were ever to come out to them, I assume, as an atheist. A lot of atheists accuse closet atheists of being pussies that should just come out with it, and get, uh, uh, while others say to take your time and do it when you feel that it is right. But what are your thoughts on the idea of potentially never coming out as an atheist to my family at all? Really, pretty much until my parents die to protect their feelings. My brother, on the other hand, he can suck a dick because he because he's an anti-science, young, earther, asshole. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. He's gone too far, huh? I feel dishonest for hiding it from my parents for the past 10 years and potentially the next 20 to 40. But I really don't know what else to do. And that is Scoop Dog. That is a tough one, Scoop. That's a tough one, Scoop Dog. I empathize 110%. And yeah. There's not 110% available, but I do empathize. Uh, for those listeners who do not know my history, my father was an ordained Roman Catholic priest for 11 years, my mother a nun for 14. 
So my folks are still pretty religious. Right. Even though they dropped out of religious orders, they're very ardently Catholic. And I am not. And it is still a problem. It is hard. It is really hard. Because they take that shit really seriously. And I can't argue them out of it. And I don't want every conversation that I have with my parents to be an argument. But it is. Because they do not see my side at all. And I have trouble supporting their system, which I find not just flawed, but dangerous. Right. And I can't understand how two rational, lovely people who I have cared for my whole life can still be swindled by what I find to be such a fraudulent monster system. But they don't get it. And they see the good stuff and ignore the bad, even though they know about it. Right. And just press on. I can't tell you one way or the other is easier, but I think if you've gone this long, let it roll. You're not going to change their mind, and they're not going to change yours. Save yourself the headache, and unless it comes to the safety of a person, let it let it slip away, I think. But it does sound like he kind of wants to he wants to discuss it. It, it seems like from just, get, just the, the action of that. sending an email about it. I get that. It's uh, it's super hard. That is super hard. Uh, it's really hard. I want to say, well, I want to take it piece by piece here. Uh, one is that like uh, atheists telling closet atheists they're pussies is no good. No, you that's know. terrible. That's shitty. I've, everyone's life situation is different. The open-mindedness yeah. of everyone dealing with the situation is different. The, 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 the town you live in can dictate it. Right. And there are countries where you can get killed. Right. Uh, you know, for, 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 for talking about it. And so, uh, you know, uh, granted, this sounds like it's in, from an American, and America hopefully is not one of those places. But, um, you know, it's super hard. I mean, having a creationist brother, that blows because the thing about the you know we, we we are American and it's in our constitution that people have to have whatever religion they want mm-hmm. you know so as 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 an atheist it gets tough when you when you talk about how dangerous religion can be on the other hand it's it's guaranteed by our constitution so I, you know we are Americans and that's that's super hard um, so because of that you, you just you, tolerance is 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 needed across the board mm-hmm. right and so most of my friends have a little spirituality as they would say or a little religion you know or what they call like cafeteria Catholics they. Pay Pick and choose, and I don't respect that, but I respect the person enough not to really take that on. I don't think it's my job to knock that. So it's that's it's, that's where my folks are at in a lot in a ton of ways. I mean, you talk yeah. about pick and choose, yeah, and 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 that's just I don't get it. I'm like, why would you accept? I don't know. What's hard is like so. So if you're still with your family, so like when you go home, do you ever go home for the holidays? It's still, been so long. You don't I even never go, right? go home, dude. No, I don't do it because there's no purpose for me. As far as like any of that stuff, right? Because I don't want to get drugged to church. That won't do it again. That's the that was that was where it happened for me and my fam was and the uh, everyone got up Christmas to go to church, and I said not going. I'll see you guys when you get back. Didn't make a big thing. I just said go for it. Yeah, we'll see when we get back. And then there was a, there was one conversation at the dinner table where my sister asked why I don't go to church, and I said because I don't believe in it, and and I, it's not meant to disrespect them I, I think it's wrong for someone who doesn't believe something to be sitting in the middle of something taking part as a non-believer there you go it's a bad idea it's disrespectful to them that made my dad really uncomfortable and just kind of just had me just stop talking about it yeah yeah you that's know. that's you know, and 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 i get it 
for my parents especially, like what I'm saying, the town can dictate. There's yeah. not a whole lot of other outlets for them. Yeah. That is their social circle. They get to go sing. They get to go hang out with people. My dad has like male men retreats and all that kind of stuff with the, the you know, and, and it's all framed around the religion. Right. But it's really just a knitting circle. Yeah. But what are you saying for this kid? What are you saying for, for Scoop Dog? Uh, I Like I said, I'm, I can't give you any advice one way or the other uh, uh, aside from my own experience. Just saying that what it, basically every conversation I have with my parents devolves into a stupid dogmatic argument that I can't win and I don't talk to them very much. Do your parents think you're going to hell? I have no idea. I doubt it. Is because they don't really believe in hell, right? Like my mother's even said, like if she's even said to me, like I think if there, I think if there is a hell, this is hell that we're living in hell right now. And I'm like, well, that's a great horrible thing. <laughs> no wonder my outlook is, leans a little on the pessimism side. Has you she know, had I, pizza from New York? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think she doesn't get out of Kentucky a lot. Th- that explains. She doesn't it. get out of Kentucky a lot. No, that's what I mean. Like it's like they they've got sense. They've got something of a worldview, but they just get. They've gotten caught up in this, this mess, and it's just a lot of a lot of greedy, gross white men telling them what to think, and I don't think they look at it that way. She says that this world could be hell, and she knows the joy of Pegasus. <laughs> yeah, she has been to a Pegasus festival. Yeah. If that's not heaven, I don't know what I, is. Yeah, if I'm eating bacon, looking at a Pegasus. If there's anything improv has taught me, yeah, life is about focus. What you choose to focus on. That's what it is. Like a Pegasus and sky shit. Right. So happy. Yeah. Here's but, the thing about, I, I do want to talk about what his parents saying that I'd rather my son, you know, I'd rather not have my son at all than, than oh, have him die an atheist. Dark. Here's the thing. I only want to say, I want to put that a little, I want to say that maybe there's a little perspective on that, you know, because I just, we talk about friends who have uh, been in the closet for being gay or something, mm-hmm. you know, similar, mm-hmm. where parents say things thinking they're speaking to hypothetically to an issue. Uh, and they don't think they're speaking directly to a loved one, you know. Or they so, do. <laughs> well, what I mean to say is that in this case, I would. In be, this case, hope, probably I would they ask don't yourself: yeah. Do you really think if you really talk to them that they would wish the first reaction would be they wish they never had you? That would be upsetting to me, and but, I would say that's one thing to put into perspective first. They may ask yourself: Did they just run their mouth off saying that after reading a story or something along those lines or hearing about some other family? Or were they really speaking from this, this guttural place of inner passion? That's something you should assess because don't hold them accountable like you would like a, like a lawyer turning to a stenographer yeah. in a court case. You know, the, the love for you is greater That's it. than I you think. I don't think they understand what they're saying, the way they're framing their words. It, yeah, it, it is. It is coming from a place of love, but it's coming out not in a loving way. Right. They just they're just getting confused. And that's the thing. That's religion confuses love. Mm-hmm. And that's and it's it's not. Yeah. Oh, man. It's hard, you know, because like we, you know, I, I uh, once I stopped going to church with with my family on the holidays, we all stopped going to church the next year, mm. you know? And so it just, and we just never talked about it. <laughs> and so I, I think, I think I am the only probably atheist in my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but I'm certainly not the only, uh, but I, everyone except for one, I think is let go of religion entirely. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I've, I've, I have five brothers and, and a, uh, four brothers and a sister. Um, and so I not, we all end up not being very religious. And so it makes it very easy. And that non-religious part just makes it easy. You know, the, the, whether they have to be an atheist or not atheist, I, as long as they don't think, 
they're going to pray away cancer. I'm okay. That's with, what I'm saying. With, it's exactly unless on. it comes to unless it comes yeah. to an individual's safety. Just let it go, man. I don't know, but that's but that's all. That's that's it's, my advice. But take it or leave it. It's important, you know. You want to you, you 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 keeping some kind of functional relationship with your family is part of your life balance, right? I think like you have to kind of keep it in perspective. <laughs> I know. Well, the thing is, what you're saying is that your distance is what keeps it in check for you. You you keep it. At yeah, arm's that's length. the only way I can do. Yeah. I can deal. And so that's the risk, right? That's the risk you take by by coming out. So yeah. if you want to. It's more important that, like, if you want to have a life partner, I don't know if you're, you're straight or you're gay or, or whatever, whatever your sexuality is. Uh, it's really more important that you you're the one carrying humanity forward. You know, you're the one taking over the the present, and you know, and so like, I think it's so much more important to figure out how to be on the same page with the people that you're you're gonna be making your family with, and you're gonna be kind of uh, you know entering the future with, and so. I think it's hard. I think you, it's your call how, how much of a respectful relationship you have with your parents, um, whether you could just express having doubts and see how they test the water, dip the toe in the water that way and see how they come back at you. Um, there's probably no hope for your creationist brother. Um, well, or maybe, I, mean, I don't know. If you could go that far into shit, maybe you just can flip the script. I yeah. don't know. Like you just terrible. You just take them to the Grand Canyon and be like, come on. See, and that's what that's that, that's the thing. It's like it's like with my folks, it's not even that far gone. They're not they're not always that crazy about it, right? They still believe in the crazy shit, yeah. But they're not like ramming it down other people's throats too much yeah. or going nuts. But at the same time, like there's so many windows, yeah. So many gaping, clearly logic holes going on, yeah. That I'm like, just you've jumped through enough of these. Just finish the job. <laughs> Just finish the job. Right. Figure it out. Right. You've tried to figure it out. You got really close. Now fucking finish the job. Yeah. Get done with this crap. Realize that your own individual self is far more important. Yes. Your relationship to the universe is far more important than your relationship to an imaginary monster. Absolutely. That can, that can hurt you. Yeah. And then for you dealing with your family, don't feel pressured by other atheists. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you can talk about atheism as a movement and all this other stuff. It's just it's just a letting go of a... Yeah, of, of, I, of a, of I do a, not go to atheist church. Yeah. I do not. I do yeah, yeah, yeah. Not it's, it's, it. it's not a movement. It's not a, it's, not a, it's not a dogma. No. It's not a dogma at all. No, no. And so like you, you've come to this on your own and you're, and you're living your life. So really uh, assess all the consequences for what they are and figure out how you want to you know, live most honestly with yourself. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is as long as you're living true to yourself and, and, and not uh, getting wrapped up you know, and not, and not compromise. You're not compromising your actual beliefs by not having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you, you walk that on your own, but this is your own journey and this is your own present and you're living your own life. You happen to be, a, you're a person who happens to be an atheist mm-hmm. and who happens to have believer parents. Don't consider yourself. Don't look at this like a soldier in a fight. Right. You know, like, yep. You, you're not part of take some, care of yourself. Yep. Be in the present with yourself. You're not part of some great movement because that's what we're getting away from. And exactly. <laughs> live it. Live your life that happens to be atheist on your own terms, and if that involves confronting your parents after 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 figuring that out, then then maybe the time is right, and maybe the time's not now. And time is the biggest factor too. Right. Time will change things as it goes along. Just let it play out. My gut says your parents will love you. Yeah. And, and my sure. gut says your parents will be. Uh, more open than you think about it, but but still, there might be ramifications. I think they'll be gravely disappointed, but there's nothing you can do about that. I, I, they won't stop loving you. 
and they won't wish they hadn't had you. You sure hope. That's just if and if. Well, fuck if that's fuck them if that's the truth. Right, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But there's... I, I think you mean uh, figgity fuck. Yeah, <laughs> figgity fuck them. Thank you, Jacob. Let's take it out on that. Best of luck, Scoop Dog. Yeah, and thanks good luck, all Scoop for Dog. That was a great Scoop mail. Thank you, session. Scoops, for sending all the mail. Thank you for subscribing and continuing to spread the love and the information about our show. I want to thank Jacob, our audio guy. Woo-hoo. I want to thank uh, Tony for our music for underneath the poetry of "I'm from New Jersey." <laughs> Uh, I want to thank the Inspire Theater for giving us a place to record. I want to thank Pendulant for creating this little podcast. And, of course, I want to thank my co-host, Paul Mattingly. I want to thank my co-host, Matt Donnelly. You can follow him at Sweet Matty D. Follow Paul at The Famous Paul on Twitter. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Coming up our next episode, we have uh, Vegas dancer Tara Palsha. Uh, the last the last of her kind, I think. It's what I want to ask her about. It's, it's how many people dream and become a headline dancer in Las Vegas anymore. Sounds intriguing. She's a redhead. Sounds even better. <laughs>